Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. If you've been trekking with us, we've been in this new series. This today is the final installment of it, entitled Relationship Status. And everything we've talked about has been from the standpoint of your personal relationship, specifically with another person. Uh, we The first week, my wife and I sat here on that beautiful orange sofa and kind of told our business a little bit, and my wife was very uncomfortable behind it, but uh, uh, we talked about marriage and, and, and God's design for it, what it looks like, why he created a man and a woman, and all of these things. We talked about that on the first week. The second week, uh, uh, the right reverend, Mark Ramjohn, came in and kind of spoke to the hearts of the single people. And then, and then last week, I came back and just added a little something, something with it. Today, this message is entitled, It's Complicated. How many of you are on social media and you see people check their relationship status and you see married, you see single, you see dating, you see it's complicated. And so I never understood what it means. I asked, I literally, I asked one person, I only could ask one person, what does it's complicated mean? If you are either in a relationship or you're not, what is it's complicated? Explain that from your perspective. And this person, of course, this was all via uh, email, not email, uh, inbox. I said, or messenger is what they call it now. Explain this. What is this? It's complicated because I don't understand it. How can how can you be in a relationship or not be in a relationship and it's complicated? Either you're in or you're out. And this is what they said. Sometimes it's on. Sometimes it's off. And when it's on, we haven't put like a title on it. And it was just all of this stuff. And I said, you know what? That is complicated. Why don't you just define it? I mean, am I that old school? I'm a, I'm a 70s baby. I'm not that old school. Let's just define it. Are, are, we, are we together? Are we, are we dating? You know, we, we, you know are, we, are, are we, what are we doing? It's complicated. It's, 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 it's complicated. When someone identifies the relationship as complicated, what are they really saying? Uh, we're dating, sort of. Uh, it's on again and it's off again. Uh, friends with benefits, all the benefits of marriage without the ring. Amen, church. We're together till this fool acts up. Uh, we're, we're together until I don't get my way. We're, we're seeing each other exclusively, but we just haven't put a title on it. It's complicated. 
we're together, but, but, but don't, don't want everyone to know that we're together. We're talking, and I'm like, really, but about what? We're talking. I was talking earlier. What does that mean, we're talking? I would hope you would be having conversation with somebody. I mean, we're talking. What, what is it? Why are we afraid nowadays to put a title, to, to make it known what we're trying to do? Why is it complicated? Well, this message ain't going to be about that kind of relationship. I'm just going to tell you. This message is about your relationship with God. Because here's the thing. The funny thing is we say some of these same things as it pertains to our relationship with God. Watch this. Uh, 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 It's complicated. Of course, I go to church at least twice a month. I'm I'm there at least twice a month, Pastor. I'm I'm good. It's complicated. Uh, I, 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 I may... Makes I might serve, but but I'm I'm uh, in church mostly every Sunday. I, but I might serve though. Uh, uh, it's complicated. Of course, I love God, but not sure how I feel about uh, His bride, the church. Do you know that there are so many people that love God, that know God, believe God, but can't stand the church? I shared this morning. Uh, many of you may not know this, but on the fourth Sunday of every month, we, we minister. We lead service at an assisted living center right here on South Cobb. And, and, and I shared this morning with them. Today was my day to do that. I shared with them this morning in, during our devotion something that broke my heart, shattered my heart. And it's funny, you all sing spirit breakout, and, it's, and part of the song says uh, revival. We want to see your spirit here. We want to see your spirit here. Revival, revival. We want to see that here. But do you know how far away we are from seeing that here on earth? I read an article just, uh, I don't have my phone, but I believe it was in, uh, in Tuesday's Atlanta Journal Constitution in the lifestyle section. And basically it says every day is Sunday, how atheists are coming together and forming communities. Broke my heart. I have nothing against atheists. I don't. I love all people. God loves Jesus, loves all people, regardless of all these things. But it broke my heart to see this. So I said, let me read this article and and find out what what is the commonality, because there's a reason there's a commonality. And, And sure enough, there was, you know, what one of the common things that I read from this group and this article was many of them came from a church background. But nobody could answer the questions they had about God. That was one of them. I have these real questions, but but all you can tell me is, let me pray about it. I've got real questions, but all you can say is, uh, don't don't shake your faith. I got real questions, but all you can say is, is, well, we ain't supposed to know everything. Part of that's true. But I shouldn't knock you because you have questions. I should be able to say, you know what? I wish I understood some of these things, too. There's nothing wrong with not knowing. I think, I, think, I think that people will respect you better for saying, I really don't know. I really believe that. Instead of you, you, you brushing their real concern and questions under the rug. The second highest thing, reason why people have stopped going to church. And by the way, two of these people were pastors, former pastors. Former pastors. I'm saying that. Former pastors who felt this way. And, 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 and the other thing was, there was no love. Church was still very judgmental. 
We judge people because of race. We judge people because of sexual orientation. We judge people because of this, that, and a third because they're, they're, they're either the donkey or they're the elephant or somewhere in between. We're judging people and people are like, there's still too much judgment. There's not enough love. But I thought the church was all about love, but you're not preaching that from your pulpits. So one, they're not, nobody's answering their questions. Two, they didn't feel that there was love. Three, they felt that there was, that church was all about rules to follow, rules and regulations to follow, but absent and void of relationship. This is what, this is what I read in this article. There's a whole bunch of rules. There's a whole bunch of regulations to follow, but, but, but there's no room for relationship. These are the reasons. These groups are growing, growing every day. This is why this is in the article. This particular organization that was instrumental in this article has 3,000 members here in Atlanta, Georgia. 3,000 people that have left the church and decided I no longer believe in God. And the commonality in all of them is that they came out of a church experience. They grew up in the church. Two were pastors. And when I read that, I says, man, all of the things that they are saying, all of their concerns, all of the things that they are feeling is exactly how I felt before I became a Christian. Because I wasn't always a Christian. I hated God. Thought I was God. The stuff I believed in said that I was God, being a five percenter. All of the things that I believed, all the things I felt about the church was how I felt before I encountered, hear me, encountered God. And that's where we're stuck at because a lot of us can't explain our encounter with God. And that's where life change happens. So anyway, this is how a lot of us feel with our relationship with God. It's complicated. Yeah, 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 I'm a Christian, but I don't belong to nobody's church. But, but I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And that's true. Anybody can check Christian on the box. But if you are truly a Christian, then you would, you would honor God where he says, forsake not the fellowship of other believers. There's no such thing as a growing Christian outside of the relation, an active relationship uh, in a church community with other believers. Who else are you going to, to, to build with and grow with as iron sharpens iron? Any of us can check the box and say we're, we're this or we're that, but are you practicing? Are you living it out? Do you look like what you say you are? I can say I'm a millionaire, but have a negative bank account. I can say whatever I want, but is it true? Our relationship with God, my brothers and sisters, for many of us is complicated. It's complicated. It's, it's complicated in the same manner that these, these people who describe their dating relationship, it's on again, off again. Our relationship with God is the same way. It's on again and off again. It's, it's on when I need something, but it's off when everything is going good. It's on again and off again. It's complicated. God never created man and woman in his own image for it to be complicated. He never created a man and a woman. He never created relationship. He never created humanity for it to be complicated. Man has made relationship with Christ complicated. And you and I have to fix it.
It is up to us to fix it. It's never been designed to be complicated. Oh, I love God with all my heart. Uh, What do you mean? How much time do I spend with him? Can you imagine being in a relationship with somebody that you never have conversation with, but you say we're in a relationship? Now we together, we, we exclusive, me and her, <laughs> we exclusive, we, this my boo, this my baby, but y'all don't have no intimate conversation. When was the last time you, you all had conversation beyond what you get out of it or what she gets out of it? Hmm. When have y'all had, went deep, deep, deep in the soul of conversation, talk about hurts and, and, and talk about the future and talk about deep things? When have you spent quality time with a person and God has said the same thing? You don't spend quality time with me. I'm available when you need me, but, but, but when do you call me just to say, God, thank you? I ain't got no, it's, thank you. Look at, I'm talking to you. Thank you for the ability to talk to you. Oh, I just took a breath. God, thank you for that breath. You're still pumping oxygen in my lungs. Oh, my God, I feel my heart beating. Oh, thank you, God, for pumping blood through my veins this morning. Oh, God, I can hear the sounds of the birds outside chirping. Thank you for the ability to hear this morning, oh, God. Oh, God, look, at I'm going into my refrigerator. All I see is ramen noodles, but thank you, God, for the ramen noodles this morning. Oh, God, I got a shack of a house, but it's my house. Thank you, God, for the shack. Oh, I got a sweater on my back, but God, it ain't all I got. Thank you for the clothes on my back this morning, God. I may have had to walk here, but thank you for the shoes that got me here. God, I may not have everything I want, but I got the mobility to get what I need. You ought to have made me throw my J. Crew on the ground. It may not be perfect, but thank you. Right now, God, if you stop blessing me, I got all I need to survive in this life. Thank you. Thank you. And here's the thing. Stop thanking him for parking spots. Oh, God, that must have been God. I got the best parking spot. So God is bigger than your doggone parking spot. Thank him for the stuff that he really gives you. Life. And life abundantly. And the minute you realize that you will not lack for nothing. The minute you realize what you really have in God, you will lack nothing. We need to get beyond this thing. And when we talk about our relationship with God, we got to check the tab that says committed, married, joined together at the hip covenant. Not it's complicated. We can't be in a complicated relationship with God that's not how he designed it watch this watch this watch this watch this revelations 3 verses 15 and 16 we find these words verses 15 and 16 revelation 3 verses 15 and 16 it says I know all the things you do that are neither hot nor cold (laughs) tell him tell him tell him he says I wish that you were one or the other But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out my mouth. Y'all want to know who he was talking to? The church. The church is hot nor cold. We're we're somewhere in the middle. We, 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 We want everybody to come to our buildings, but we don't want to be out there fighting for injustices. 
And God is saying, I want to spit you out because you can't choose a side. You want to love me, but you won't love my people. How can you love me whom you cannot see, but not love your brother who you see every day? That's scripture. That's not Broderick. How can you say you love me who you cannot see, but don't even reach next door to love your neighbor? How can you love me who you cannot see, but not love your homeless brother that's out there in need right now? How can you love me who you cannot see, but hate the homosexual? Woo, crickets. Woo. Amen, lights. Truth hurts sometimes. Just say, ouch, and I'll keep on moving. How can you love me who you cannot see, but hate your president with orange hair? How can you? Our relationship with God right now in the church, it's complicated. We want to pick what feels good to justify our Christianity, not do what we're supposed to do to be the ambassadors that God has called us to be. We can't pick and choose who we love. It's not an option. God says they will know your love for me by how you love one another. One another wasn't just the person sitting next to you. One another wasn't the person that has the same last name as you. One another wasn't the person that goes to the same church as you. One another wasn't the same person that you in relationship. One another means everybody you encounter. Ah. How can you love me who you cannot see but not love your brother? Our relationship with God, it's complicated. It's complicated because we look at him as a convenient friend. Uh, many times we look at him as genie in the bottle. Rub, rub, rub. I need you, Jesus. Hook it up. And as long as we are getting our way, we are good. Me and God are good. Everything is working out. Hey, kids ain't acting crazy. My wife is good. Man, I'm making more money than I can count. Man, I'm good. Everything is good. I don't, I don't need to pray. I'm good. I'm good. And is that your relationship with Christ? Watch this. I'm about to really trip it up. If the sum totality of your relationship with Christ is built on what happens on Sunday morning, then you got some work to do. I didn't expect no amens. If, 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 if I'm a Christian has everything to do with what you do on Sunday morning, that is not enough. That's not me. That's the Bible. Take it up with God. I'm, I'm going to need some security getting out of here, Joe. You got me. Hear me. It's greater than Sunday morning. You know why the church was so successful? And grandmama and mama in them days. And I know people talk about, oh yeah, but they use, they use Christianity to, 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 to enslave us. No, they did not. No, they did not. No, they did not. We were Christians before slavery happened in America. Just so you know, before the Middle Passage, the Bible even quotes, there were, there were one of Jesus' disciples was, was black. Before Columbus was coming to America, black Africans was coming to America working with the natives of this land. Way before that, we discovered the Ross way before that. So before slavery was happening, we were Christians. Many of us believed in Jesus. Many of us encountered Jesus. One of us, we know for a fact, walked with Jesus. The Bible says it. He was called the Moor. If you know your history, Moors were black. They were African. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me, hear me, hear me. 
We have got work to do. We, us, people, we've got work to do. Don't be tripped up in all the little trivial stuff. We've got to focus on the fact that a man named Jesus came, lived, died, rose again for you and I. God never intended for our relationship with him to be complicated. Matter of fact, it's easier and smoother and has less turbulence than most of our current relationships do. He never intended for it to be hard or difficult. Never. That was never the plan. Never. Never his plan. I'm going to build these people and make life difficult for them for the rest of eternity. No. Bible even tells us, listen, he says, he says, he says, take my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you are in relationship with me, listen, hanging with me is what he's saying in essence. Hanging with me is easy. I don't ask much of you. All I want is a little QT. Can we Netflix and chill sometime? Okay, can we New Testament and chill sometime? That's all he's saying. Can we hang sometime? Huh? Would you be in a relationship with a person that had a whole bunch of rules? Listen, you can only see me at five o'clock on Tuesday evening uh, and you can only meet me in Midtown on the corner of Third and Juniper on those days. And we can only see each other for 30 minutes. Who would be in a relationship with a person like that? I don't see no hands. But that's the kind of relationship we give to God. I can only see you on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock for just for, listen, and man, please, I hope this preacher is done in about 30, 35 minutes. Because beyond that, I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. I can only see you on Sunday at 11 o'clock for about 30, 35 minutes. Get your little singing and stuff out the way. Preacher better be quick and it better be something that makes me feel good. And then that's it. And God is saying, is your relationship really with me? Or what that preacher is saying. Because he's not God. She's not God. They're not God. I am God. And God is saying, cool, do your Sunday morning thing. But let's me and you hang out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we'll hook up again on Sunday. See, for God, Sunday's the club. This is where we get to come and celebrate his goodness for the week. This is where we get to come together and sing praises unto him because we made it another week, another day above ground. I walked into the, the senior assistant's place this morning and a lady came in there. She came in on a little walker. I said, hey, sis, how you doing this morning? She says, hey, I'm here. Praise the Lord. I'm here. And that was good for her. That was it. Any day above ground for her. She says, a good day. Every day. She encounters God. It's good. And I think that, that, that some of us forget that, 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 that we don't have to be alive. <laughs> we didn't choose it. We didn't choose to be up, wake up this morning. God chose to allow us to wake up this morning. You ain't had that choice. God chose it. And what kind of relationship do we have with him to reciprocate that? Our appreciation for what he's done. I'm, I know I'm spending too much time on that, but, 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 but I want to get this into you. We've got to change our relationship with God from being it's complicated to covenant marriage together forever. Me and, you know, all of that stuff we used to, the lovey-dovey stuff we do with the people here on earth. Watch this. God makes it clear in Deuteronomy 
And then it's echoed again in the New Testament with, with Jesus. The most important commandment, the most important commandment has to do first with loving God. Has to do first with loving God. Second, loving the people. Loving God is the first thing we got to do. We've got to love God. Well, how do we love God? You know, it's not like the same thing. It's the same thing a woman says. You tell a woman, baby, I love you. Well, what have you done for me lately? Y'all remember that, Eddie Murphy? All right, some of those generation people here. Hear me. Same thing. God is saying, what have you done for me lately? How have you shown me your love? Everybody I've put in front of you to bless you have ignored. You're judging people because they have purple hair and, and, and ring noses. You're judging people because they didn't vote the same political line you voted. And guess what? I'm guilty of that. I'm human at the end of the day. Heck yeah, I'm angry about some stuff. But man, I love my God way more than I love my anger. I love my God way more than I love my political party. I love my God even way more than I love the privilege that I have to be in the position that I'm in to be a pastor of this church. I love God way more than any of this stuff. And loving him, as a singer say, if loving him is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) I really mean that. That's not for chuckles. That's real. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Second to that is love your neighbors as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody you encounter. The person sitting next to you today. The person that will be in the same aisle as you in the grocery store. The person that, that, that you may walk by is your neighbor. Quick story real quick to share with you about a neighbor. We were in New York. My wife came and I came back. We picked the kids up from uh, Tallahassee yesterday. And uh, we, was it yesterday? Yeah, yes. The day before yesterday, Friday we got there. And Junior's birthday was the other day. So I decided we would go see a movie. We wanted to see the, the Lego Batman movie, which was pretty dope, by the way, if I may say so myself. I enjoyed it. And so we were, we get off the highway to go to the movie theater in Tallahassee and the, uh, off the exit is like a little hill. And there's a guy laying there on the ground. And Ja'Kai's like, man, dad, dad, uh, we got some change. We got some change. I said, what do you need change for? He said, man, that guy, that guy needs, needs some money. I said, we don't know that. He doesn't have a sign. He doesn't have a bucket. That don't mean he needs money. He could be resting. He could be laying there taking a break from work and construction. We have no idea. So we're not going to just give him money if he don't. We could offend him by offering him money. Seriously, you got to be careful. You got to know. And so Junior says, well, can we at least pray for him? That's my neighbor. You doggone right, we can pray for him. He's my neighbor. Let's pray for him. Hazards on, pull over, let's pray. How can I help you? This guy chose to be homeless. This is his story. He chose a lifestyle of homelessness to just experience all of America. Hitchhikes his way from one city to the next city to the next state to wherever he can. Sleeps on the street. He believes that God made this for us to enjoy. So he sleeps where he wants to sleep. And he loves it. He didn't need any money. He didn't want any money. He didn't need water. He had that. Didn't need to eat. He had just eaten. So, well, what can I do for you? Well, do you pray? I said, yeah, I pray. You can pray for me. Hallelujah. Let's do that. And we pray for him. We pray for him. Who is my neighbor? I don't remember his name, but he's my neighbor. I have to love him. I don't know what his story is. I don't know if he was straight or gay. I don't know if he liked Trump or, or whoever else in office. I don't know if he's a racist or not, but he is my neighbor and I love him enough to pray for him. A stranger could have been, could have been a murderer. I don't know. I don't care. 
I have to love him and I will do that. And I will show it through how I pray for him. Take time from my own schedule to pray for him. That is how we love God. By loving others. Watch this. And I'm almost done. Genesis 1, 27 says, God created both male and female in his image. I'm going to stop there. It says, God created both male and female in his image. Why didn't he just stop with just creating male? Because if we read the Bible, he says, we go to Genesis chapter 2, it says he created male. And then after that, he says it's not good for man to be alone. He didn't immediately create female. In the same manner that he made man from the dust, he began to make animals from the dust. So the very first thing he creates after he creates man is animals. That's not companionship. He didn't, he didn't create a wife. He created man's best friend, so to speak. So, 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 listen. He looks and he sees that the man is alone. He creates animals and he has them work and name them. And then he cultivates the land. And then he says, okay, now I'm going to put him to sleep. And now I'm going to create something beautiful for him. So the people can see what I really created woman for. Relationship. He created man. He created another form of man that we call one man for relationship. And it's not just for the sake of marriage. It's for the sake of relationship with other human beings. God created more than one human being for the purpose of relationship so that those two human beings could be in relationship together, but also be in relationship with him. It never was supposed to be where man and woman was supposed to be out of relationship with him. They were supposed to be together in relationship, but also in relationship with him. God sees relationship two ways. And I keep saying this. You will get it in your spirit. Eventually, he sees relationship between you and him and between you and his people. The only two ways God sees relationship. And if we get that right, relationship with him. No longer becomes complicated. If we see everybody as a child of God, whether they've accepted or not, then we understand what relationship is. One of my closest buddies, <laughs> and he calls me his pastor, is a Muslim imam. His name is Muhammad Sanko, and our children go to school together, and we both volunteer in the carpool. And when I see him, I greet him in the way that Muslims greet each other. Assalamu alaikum. I'm not saying anything against my God. All I'm saying is peace be unto you. He greets me back. Peace be back unto you. And he will say anybody, this is my pastor. Although he is a very devout Muslim. And I will say this is my brother. Although I am a very devout Christian. Because at the end of the day, both things are very true. He is my brother. He is my brother. And if we look at the life Jesus walked, he encountered people who were not believers of the same God, people who were considered to be half breeds. He encountered them intentionally. He healed them on a day when there was not supposed to be any healing. He went to their land where, where the religious leaders avoided them. He went to Samaria. He walked right through there, blessing people who were not considered worthy of a relationship with God. And we in the church don't do that. We'd rather protest. 
instead of extending invitations. Are you with me this morning? Three things I want to say with you. How do you work on your relationship with God? This is not in your notes. And then I'm done. Spend time with him. <laughs> Y'all thought it was going to be deep. Y'all thought I was going to say something deep. No, no, no. It's simple. It's simple. How do you work on your relationship with the person with your boo? How do you make your marriage stronger? Hey, but how do you communicate? By spending time. That's number one. We've got to spend time. We've got to be in each other's presence. We've got to be in each other's company together in order for this thing to grow. God says you ain't going to grow stronger in me. Our relationship is not going to get tighter if you and I are not communicating. I'm tired of you going to bed with your back turned toward me. Oh. That's what we do. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm just going to pray in the morning. And God was like, dude, I've been waiting all day to talk with you. Is how you do me? I gave my son for you. Now one of y'all. Yeah, I said Nan. Now one of y'all. Y'all understand now? Now one of y'all will give your kids up for God. I, I mean, I would really be quite. If he literally, if God pulled that Abraham move on me. Ooh. I mean, like, yo, especially if it's like Brookie. I'm like, oh. What about a God child? I'm one of them. What a niece or something. <laughs> hey. I got several. <laughs> Tina, my Tina, Tina, like, not, not, not my God, sir. I, I got a couple God kids now. What about a she said, uh-uh. But really, same thing. You heard what she just said, like, no, not my baby. But God didn't say that when he gave his son. Wasn't a second thought. Wasn't a doubt in his mind. Wasn't a question. Go, give, gone. Why? For my other kids. For my other kids. For the other ones coming. I'm going to give him for them. Woo! But you don't want to hang. You don't want a New Testament and chill. All right. Yeah, that's good. Y'all need to, that's, that's a quotable thing. Pastors say New Testament and chill. Anyway, we might start something because, listen, people get in trouble with that Netflix and chill stuff. That's why they're checking it's complicated. <laughs> Amen, somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to spend time with God. We need to love his people. We need to love his people. Stop giving lip service talking about, I love everybody. I'm not judgmental. I'm not judgmental. No, no, I love everybody. Really? Who are you hanging out with? Let's look at your list of friends. How many of them look just like you? You got work to do. How many? I'm trying. Huh? Who are you hanging with? Who are your friends? All your friends. They're all Christians, huh? So how are you going to reach people that are lost if all your friends are Christian? Shh, shh. Don't, 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 don't. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Seriously, we got work to do. Love my people. Who are his people? Everybody. Everybody. None of y'all weren't born, saved, and holy. At some point, you made a decision to accept the gift of salvation. 
And there's somebody out there right now that needs to accept the gift of salvation. But if you're not hanging with them and you're judging them because they don't look like you, they don't act like you, they don't know scripture, they will never, ever accept the gift of salvation. I asked somebody, I said, if I gave you a million dollars, would you tell me no? They're like, heck no. I said, would you ask me why I'm giving you a million dollars? I might ask you, but I would, I would be asking while I'm walking away. I said, the gift that God has given you in salvation is greater than anything that money could buy. But you ask so many questions about it. The gift of salvation that God has given you when he gave his only begotten son that said, whomsoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. When when he gives you this gift, you got so many doggone questions. You're so hesitant to receive it. But if I gave you a million dollars that you will spend and want more, you would ask no questions. But the gift of God of salvation You got a bunch of questions and a bunch of reservation. You got your priorities jacked up. You got your priorities jacked up. Here's the third thing, and and I'm going. Y'all getting quiet on me this this morning. We got to spend time with God. We got to love his people. His people, all people, all people. He created every human being. Okay, watch this. We've got to love his bride. That's the church. I saw a question mark over some people's heads. That's the church. We got to love the church. We have to. That's his bride. That's the only thing he's ever called his bride. When he talked about relationship, watch this. The only thing he ever said he was in relationship with was his church. I dare somebody to say, man, I love you, bro. Yo, Pastor B, I love you, but I can't stand your bride. That might be the one time you might get jawed. In case you don't know what that means, that means I'm going to take my fist and I'm going to come right at your jaw. You can't love me and not love my bride. That's foolishness. We're a package deal, baby. God is saying we are a package deal. You can't say you love me and void my people but don't like my church. What's wrong? You don't love me. You don't love me. You may like me, you may be a fan of me, but you've got to love everything that represents me. And the only relationship that I've described in the Bible that I have an affinity for is the church. That is my bride. That is my woman. That is my rib. That is my covenant partner, the church. You can't say you love me, but not love my church. Yeah, but, but pastor, you don't understand. God, God, you don't understand, man. The church is flawed exactly because you're in it. There's no such thing as a perfect church. What in the world makes you think that you can take your mess from out there and all of a sudden walk through those doors and the mess just fall off? That ain't how this works. The same reason you go to a hospital when you're sick is the same reason you come to the church because you're spiritually sick. Don't think that you're going to suddenly get healed when you walk through the doors. I'm holy all of a sudden. No, you ain't. Until you apply what the word says to your life. God says, don't forsake this, 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 this covenant thing. I love my church. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And nothing, nothing, nothing in hell is going to perish against it. How do I know that the church is still around? We are a church. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, we're still the church. Nothing has prevailed against it. Oh, man, but the church went away in Europe, but it grew in Asia. Yeah, but the church is dying in America, but it's growing strong in Africa. Come on, come on, bring it to me. The most, the number one selling book in the world is still the Bible. You better tell me something. Don't tell me about what my God can't do and who he's not. Don't tell me about his church being flawed. Yes, it's flawed, but we're flawed. 
Bible is clear. He's coming back for a pure bride and we've defiled his bride. Why? By being judgmental and not loving. It's getting quiet in here. Worship team, you come on up here. I'm going to close right here. My brothers and sisters, it's time for us to get out of a complicated relationship with God. I was never his design nor his plan. Man has done that. We need to change our status to one of marriage, a covenant bond, one where we defend his bride. Not jump into conversations of rumors and, and, and negative conversations about his bride. I wish I would have somebody tell me something negative about my bride. Again, I might, I might just like throat chop you. Stop breathing right there. You done. I'll do your eulogy. Serious, man. That's my woman. I'm responsible for her. And God says, this is my woman. This is my bride, the church. I'm responsible for it. And if you say you love me, you better defend her. This is why we're doing a, 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 a Bible study on apologetics. So that you can defend why you believe what you believe. So you can defend the bride of Christ. We may not know all the answers, but doggone it, we can find them together. Because they're there. They are absolutely there. Questions about science. Questions about uh, other religions. Questions about God and, and Jesus. All of those answers are there. Even history has proven that Jesus is real. Some of the world's greatest atheists in their search to, to, to dispute God and his existence have found God. Some of the greatest Muslims of the world in their search to dispute Jesus, a real man that came, have found Jesus. And I dare anybody who doubts God to search for answers, search for him, and I guarantee you will find him. The Bible is clear. Knock and the door shall be open. Seek me and you will find me. He is there. He is there. He is there. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.